Quote, there were 27 cutting injuries, all of them inflicted while she was attempting to ward off the slashing of a wide, sharp blade. When I closed my eyes, I could see Beryl Madison's face. I could see in sickening detail the violence inflicted upon her body. I was trying to make sense of it. Someone had threatened to murder her. She fled to Key West. She was terrified beyond reason. She did not want to die. The night she returned to Richmond, it happened. Why did you let him into your house? Why in God's name did you? Rearranging the sheet, I returned the gurney to the others bearing bodies against the refrigerator's back wall. By this time tomorrow, her body would be cremated, her ashes en route to California. Beryl Madison would have turned 34 next month. She had no living relatives. No one in this world, it seemed, except a half-sister in Fresno. The heavy door sucked shut. The tarmac of the parking lot behind the office of the chief medical examiner was warm and reassuring beneath my feet. I was born in Miami. I was no stranger to the part of the world where Beryl had hidden during the summer. When I closed my eyes, I saw the colors of Key West. I saw bright greens and blues and sunsets so gaudy only God could get away with them. Beryl Madison should never have come home. A brand new LTD Crown Victoria, shining like black glass, slowly pulled into the lot. Expecting the familiar beat-up Plymouth, I was startled when the new Ford's window hummed open. Lieutenant Pete Marino was trying to look blasé as electronic locks opened with a firm click. I'm impressed, I said, settling into the plush interior. He revved the engine. Not bad, huh? After years of broken-down dray horses, Marino had finally got himself a stallion. This would be the first time I had been inside the slain author's house. Windsor Farms was not the sort of neighborhood where one would expect anything so hideous to happen. Homes were large and set back from the street on impeccably landscaped lots. Obviously, she had money from somewhere, I observed, as Marino halted at a stop sign. Beryl Madison had money, most of it tied up in her crib. Apparently, whatever savings she had, she blew the dough down there in Queer West. We're still sorting through her paperwork. Found out she didn't do half bad as a writer, bucks-wise. Appears she used several pen names. Adair Wilds, Emily Stratton, Edith Montague. I said, her middle name is Stratton. Maybe accounting for her nickname, Straw. That and her blonde hair, I remarked. Beryl's hair was honey-blonde streaked gold by the sun. She was petite, with even, refined features. She may have been striking in life. It was hard to say. The only photograph from life I had seen was the one on her driver's license. Pulling into a drive, he parked in front of the garage door. The grass was badly overgrown and spangled with tall dandelions. Still tacked across the gray front door was a ribbon of yellow crime scene tape. Fall leaves crackled beneath our shoes as we rounded the west wing. Marino produced a key attached to a yellow evidence tag, and as I watched him open the deadbolt lock, I was startled anew by the size of his hands. Tan and tough, they reminded me of baseball mitts. Big cops like him rarely get in fights. 
the street punks take one look and sit on their bravado. We stood in a rectangle of sunlight inside the foyer and worked on pairs of gloves. Though the Richmond Police Department had thoroughly processed the scene, nothing had been moved. Marino shut the door and flipped on the light. As you can see, his voice echoed, she had to have let the guy in. No sign of forcible entry and the joint's got a triple-A burglar alarm. He went on to remind me the homicide was originally called in as an audible alarm. At shortly after 11 p.m., one of Barrow's neighbors dialed 911 after the alarm had been going for nearly 30 minutes. A patrol unit responded and the officer found the front door ajar. Minutes later, he was on his radio requesting backups. The living room was in shambles, the glass coffee table on its side. She hadn't been home long, I said. Got in around nine and a neighbor calls in her alarm at 11. It had been going for half an hour, meaning the killer was gone by around 10.30. Yeah, he answered. That's the hardest part to figure. Based on those letters, she was scared shitless. So she sneaks back to the city, locks herself inside a house, even has a 380 on the kitchen counter. Show you that when we get there. Then boom, the doorbell rings or what? Next thing you know, she's let the squirrel in and reset the burglar alarm behind him. Had to be somebody she knew. I wouldn't rule out a stranger, I said. If the person is very smooth, she may have trusted him. Let him in for some other reason. At that hour? His eyes flicked me as they went around the room. What? He's selling magazine subscriptions, good humor bars at 10 o'clock at night? I didn't reply. I didn't know. We stopped at the open doorway leading into a hallway. This is the first blood, Marino said, looking at the dried spatters on the wall. I envisioned the cuts on Beryl's face, arms, and hands. The assailant had been swinging with the vigor of a hard-hitting squash player. I felt the emotion of the crime. It wasn't anger. It was worse than that. Why did she let him in? A runway had been chalked off to enclose drips of blood leading to a stairway some ten feet to our left. Beryl had fled this way and up the stairs. Her shock and terror was greater than her pain. On the left wall at almost every step was a bloody smear made by her cut fingers reaching out for balance and dragging across the paneling. Beryl had crawled into the guest bedroom beyond the bath, and it was here, finally, that she died. Me? Marina was saying. I think it wasn't any fun unless he chased her. He could have grabbed her, killed her down there in the living room, but that would have ruined the sport. He was probably smiling the whole time, her bleeding and screaming and begging. When she finally makes it in here, she collapses. No fun anymore. He ends it. In the scene photographs, Beryl was on her back, her legs spread, her arms up around her head. She was nude. The police had found a pair of bloody khaki slacks near her body. Her blouse and undergarments were missing. Marino said, The way I'm seeing it, he has her down in here, takes her clothes off, rapes her or tries to. Then he stabs her and nearly cuts her head off. A damn shame about her perk, he added, referring to her physical evidence recovery kit, swabs from which were negative for sperm. Guess we can kiss DNA goodbye. 
Unless some of the blood we're analyzing is his, I replied. Otherwise, yes. Forget DNA. And no hairs, he said. None except a few consistent with hers. The house was so quiet, our voices were unnervingly loud. I went out into the hall. Show me where you found her gun. When the police had arrived at the scene that night, they found Barrow's three eighty automatic on the kitchen counter near the microwave oven. The gun was loaded, the safety on. The only partial prints the lab could identify were her own. She kept a box of cartridges inside a table by a bed, Marino said. Probably kept the gun there, too. I figure she carried her bags upstairs, unpacked, and dumped most of her clothes in the bathroom hamper, and put her suitcases back in the bedroom closet. At some point during all this, she got out a piece. A sure sign she was antsy as hell. What you want to bet she checked out every room with it before she started winding down. I know I would have, I commented. He looked around the kitchen. So maybe she came in here for a drink. Her stat alcohol was negative, I said. Don't mean she didn't think about it. He opened a cabinet above the sink. There wasn't an inch to spare on three shelves. Jack Daniels, Chivas Regal, Tanqueray, liqueurs, and something else that caught my attention. In front of the cognac on the top shelf was a bottle of Haitian Barbancourt rum, aged 15 years and as expensive as unblended scotch. Lifting it out with a gloved hand, I set it on the counter. The seal around the gold cap was unbroken. I don't think she got this around here, I told Marino. My guess is she got it in Miami, Key West. It might explain.